Hi everyone, I just wanted to jump on here and let you guys know that when we recorded this episode, we had some technical difficulties, so please keep that in mind as you listen. Thanks! Hi there, and welcome to Within the Gray. I'm Jackie. And I'm Libby, and together we attempt to work through the messiness of modern adult life. On today's episode, we dive into the topic of wellness and how to take an alternative approach on how to see health, fitness, and the whole spiel. We are so excited today to be joined by our first guest, Megan Tomlinson. Welcome, Megan, and thanks so much for coming on today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we have all known each other for a while now. Megan actually used to teach with Libby and I at our school. However, life took a turn for you and you found yourself moving across the country mid-school year. And now here you are, not teaching anymore and instead a certified nutritionist and health coach. Why don't you fill in the blanks for us here? How did you go from being a music teacher to where you are now? So uh, my husband, well, then fiance, got offered a job in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina, and we happened to be getting married, and we just thought it would be really fun to have a fresh start right at that time. So um, I grew up in St. Louis my whole life, um, went to college there, so I was just excited to get out and, and start something new with him as my husband. So we got married right after New Year's and moved two weeks later. And when you move and I, I, you know, when you get to Charlotte in late January, there aren't many teaching positions available (laughs) at that time. Um, so, but he was very supportive of me. I was lucky enough to find a great family to nanny for when I first got there, um, to sort of get my kid fixed. Cause I did love teaching. I do love kids. Um, so that was nice. And it just kind of gave me that brain space, that time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do from there. And it was just interesting. Teaching wasn't really at the top of that list anymore for me. Um, so I had just come off of, you know, the typical like wedding diet, um, you know, put myself through six months of restrictive eating, you know, working out twice a day. Cause at that point you have the motivation to do it. So you're like, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to cut out whatever foods I need to, to look good on my big day. Um, but you know, once that motivation fades, what, typically happen. So I found myself in that position of once I got to Charlotte, I was like, well, I don't really have the motivation anymore. And so unfortunately I gained, you know, some of the weight back, which is not a big deal, but I felt different. I felt it. And I was, and, um, I just started looking into nutrition as a better, like there has to be like, how can I something that's more sustainable than what you were doing previously? Exactly. Cause there has to be a way to still positively incorporate nutrition into your life, even when you don't have those motivating moments for you. Yeah. You know, we've all had like, you know, the month before college spring break, it's like, you're yeah, like, you're super motivated. Yeah, okay, you're like, girl, I'm working day. out twice a day <laughs> between my classes. Yeah, exactly. But there, you know, that's only part of life and real life happens. And so um, I started exploring just other options and I found a system that worked really well for me. Um, I decided to go back to school to study nutrition in my free time, which was really nice to have that. 
And I just didn't see a lot of people like teaching it this way or preaching it this way. And I saw that there was a void. Um, and I figured, you know, other women could benefit from this approach. Like it, it worked really well for me. It was, you know, a positive approach. I, I wasn't restrictive, but I was still able to feel good in my body. Um, you know, still able to find balance with working out. And, um, I just became really passionate about it and wanted to get into the field. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I think it's really funny. I mean, we were joking about this before we started recording today, just seeing your like evolution from being a music teacher going into nutrition now, which I mean, knowing you like, that's very you, you know, like not that teaching wasn't, but just seeing how that came to be. I was like, oh yeah, that fits. That fits for Megan. Yeah. It made sense. Like when you first came out with it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Seems right. Yeah, it seems right. She's probably like really, she's really good at it. Which she well, is. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I do find myself, you know, as a music teacher, you are explaining very abstract concepts to children. Mm-hmm. So you have to take these abstract ideas and break them down to this like simple thing that they can understand. And I really do find myself using those same skills with nutrition, right? You're taking these abstract biological mechanisms that happen inside your body, but how can we explain that for someone to be able to use that information in their everyday life? And you have to be able to break it down into these tiny bite-sized pieces and takeaways that are actually applicable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like teachers do a really good job of transitioning to different careers just because they're like... Especially when it deals with like people and being able, like any sort of like instruction component where we got got this. this. (laughs) Like if I can do this with 13-year-olds, I can do it with like 25-year-olds. Yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) Who who like want to learn. Yeah, and then you have to like motivate them to actually do it too, right? Yeah. Kids don't want to learn. No. You have to have those motivational skills. But if someone's seeking you out, like on Instagram or something, they want to learn, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, but you'd be surprised though. They, you know, everyone has, it's that honeymoon phase. Okay. You know, I want to do this. I have all these goals. Well, goals fade. Motivation fades. It ebbs and flows. So you have to develop. I think that's why where I am today or why, why we're in this space where someone someone like me is even needed for people or someone would even hire me. It's because they need that outside accountability. They need the step-by-step process to get there, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. So, Megan, you mentioned how you found an approach that worked really well for you and that you kind of saw this void um, that wasn't being filled. So can you elaborate on what is different about your approach? Yeah. So what I found is what I found is that pretty much every conventional nutrition protocol protocol out there focuses more on what to cut out or what not to eat. Um, and that can feel really restrictive. And as a type A personality, I am like a perfectionist. And if I can't do something perfectly, then I completely throw in the towel. And that just wasn't working for me. So, and I know a lot of people are like that. We live in a very black and white society, you know, all or nothing thinking where, you know, you find yourself, you you can eat really well Monday through Friday, but then the weekend hits and you know, you fall off the wagon and then Monday comes and that just leads you to being even more restrictive the following week. And it's this vicious cycle that so many people go through every single week um, or, you know, every January it could be. Um, And so instead of focusing on the negative and what you're not eating, I found it so helpful to instead just focus on 
what you should be eating, right? There are mm-hmm. certain nutrients that our body actually needs to not just look your best, but actually feel your best. There are certain nutrients. And when you take all the, you know, all the information out there and really boil it down to this, every single diet, it comes down to you need protein. There's essential amino acids that you need to, um, you know, produce neurotransmitters, hormones, muscle, muscle, muscle tissue, all sorts of amazing things. You need protein. You need healthy fats. They help regulate hormones. They help keep you full. Um, they help balance your blood sugar. And then you need fiber-rich carbohydrates, which are vegetables. <laughs> um, so it's it's not crazy to think about. We've all been told to eat our vegetables, but I just think for most people, they don't really understand why. And so that's something that I really think is important. And what I make sure that I instill in my clients is I'm not just going to tell you what to eat. I'm going to tell you why, because that really gives yeah. you that internal motivation. Because as a kid, you're just like, eat your vegetables, and you're like... Ugh. Why are you making me eat this really gross tasting thing? But when you know the why behind it, you're like, okay, I can buy in. Well, and I think you go a little bit deeper into the why other than because we know that vegetables are healthy, right? But it's peeling back that other layer of, okay, but why is it healthy? What is this actually doing for me? Right. So even a three-year-old can tell you that something green is probably good for you, like eat your broccoli, whatever. But what if you what if you knew that eating your broccoli fed a specific strain of bacteria inside your gut microbiome that will then impact your brain health, your memory, your energy, your hunger, your cravings, your hormones, your waistline, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, like all these things. And if you know that, and then, okay, broccoli does that, but guess what? A red bell pepper is going to do something, feed a completely different strain. So then you get like this, this internal motivation to eat as many vegetables as possible. And suddenly you're focusing on the positive. Okay. I'm going to eat this because not only because someone told me it's good for me, but can I find ways to make it delicious? So where I actually want to eat it too. And yeah, you can put like, um, avocado or, um, extra virgin olive oil and like healthy fat. You can put that on there yeah. and you can put salt on it. You can make it taste good. Ooh. Like we're not just eating <laughs> bland chicken breast and steamed broccoli. Like there's ways to make it taste good. That's still healthy. Um, but that really just gives you, you know, like I said, I mean, the motivation, the physical motivation is so easy to ebb and flow. Yeah. You cannot rely on that. So you need to, you need this sort of in internal sense of motivation. I think, um, the education portion of that really is helpful. Uh, to doing that. So just focusing on the positive. So you need protein, you need fat, and you need fiber-rich vegetables. And when you do that and you just focus on putting those things on your plate, those things also do a really good job of turning off hunger. So I talk a lot, if you're my client, I talk a lot about blood sugar. You'll hear it a lot um, because it does impact so many of those things. It impacts, most importantly, your hunger, your energy, and your cravings, which are the three biggest things typically standing in the way of someone trying to restrict or someone trying to diet. And so if we can manage those things in a positive way, you suddenly, you're filling your plate with these things. You feel good. You feel energized. You feel full. And you find yourself not craving ice cream at 9 p.m. at night because you didn't restrict all day. Yeah. And you find yourself actually wanting to eat vegetables, not forcing yourself to do it just because someone on Instagram told you to. And it's just... um, for me, it's just a really beautiful way to for, that works for me, but also it's working for my clients. Um, and it's not restrictive; it's body positive. It anyone can do it. And the best part is, it works on weekends. It works on vacation. <laughs> it works at work or anywhere in between. You can take it with you anywhere. So you get you finally get off that start and stop cycle. That because it all works for thing. life. 
it does. And I'm not telling anyone that you can't have a glass of wine or you can't have a brownie. It's let's fill our plate with these things first. And then when you go to have the brownie, it's going to be really easy to eat it in a portion that your body can handle. And you're not yeah. fighting yourself to only eat one tiny bite. It's just going to feel natural to do that because you are fueled with all these nutrients that your body needs. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like so much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love listening to Megan explain these I things. know. <laughs> but I think one thing that I'm hearing as well, and you can elaborate on this if you want, but so some of the clients that you have, do they ever come to you not necessarily, because I think a lot of times when people think nutritionist or they think health coach, they're like, oh, weight loss. But would you say that like every client that comes to you is looking for weight loss? Or are there other reasons for wanting to like go through this process with you or just use your method? Every single client does come to me for weight loss, <laughs> but they leave with a completely different attitude, with a completely different relationship with food and with so much more than just weight loss. Um, you know, as a business owner, you have to market to what people want. So do I have to sometimes talk about weight loss? Yes. I feel morally it's challenging because I know that's not the end all be all, mm -hmm. but you know, I have a business to run to. Yeah. So you have to give the people what they want. And I'm, right. and if you, and some people do have weight to lose, right? So I, I will take clients who absolutely can lose weight to better their health, to get mm -hmm. better health outcomes. Um, but I tell them from the beginning that this is not just all about weight loss. We rarely even weigh ourselves in my programs. Um, you know, they might take a starting weight, but half the time I'm telling them to put the scale away. It's just a distraction. It is just a number. And it's something that can impact someone's view of themselves. You know, if you step on the scale in the morning and you don't like what you see, that can impact the rest of your day. Absolutely. You know, that yeah. can, you know, you're thinking then like, oh, I'm a failure. So we take all that off the off the plate, no pun intended. Um, and again, focusing on these nutrients. What's really cool is when you give your body these nutrients, again, it's going to naturally balance your blood sugar. When your blood sugar is in balance, you are not, you're basically what you're doing is you're burning fat more often than you're storing it. So when you give your body these nutrients, your body does the hard work for you mm -hmm. and you do it in the healthiest way possible, which is sustainable, but also in a way that's promoting health. So there are, I say it all the time, there are so many different ways to lose weight, <laughs> but there are some ways that harm your health and there are some that are going to actually set you up for long-term disease prevention. And knowing the state of our society right now, where 50% of American adults are pre-diabetic, meaning they're well on their way to developing diabetes, 70% um, of those people are going to, to develop diabetes in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy to think That's about. That's so crazy. Yes. Um, so it is necessary to start taking an approach that actually prevents these things. Because they are, it can sound scary, but the great news is, is it's all preventable or, or even reversible. Yeah. So your, your approach kind of focuses on an investment in your health, like a long-term investment. Exactly. That's really, I think that's really cool. Because I don't think a lot of other, I mean... Something that you see on Instagram or some things that you just like are consuming. It's not about your long term health. It is, you know, get your waistline yeah, slimmer. It's about what you look like now. Yeah. We live in a quick fix society. Yeah, it is. Everyone it's a quick fix. Everyone wants the, oh, I'll just do whole 30 for 30 days, which is great. Nothing gets older, but it's when you have that end date, like really what, what is that accomplishing? Like in 30, what are you going to, because what happens is what, what are you going to do on day 31? 
Yeah. You're likely going to binge on all the things that you, you couldn't out on. Um, so there's a better way where you're not even focusing on what you're not eating. Again, we're just focusing on the positive. And when you give your body this fuel, our bodies are amazing machines. They yeah. do so much for us. Um, and it's just, can we work with our body instead of against it? So, I mean, I, I love this subject. I could talk about this forever because it's not just food too. It also goes with exercise. You see it all the time. Um, people over exercising and yeah. you're working against your body. Your hormones are, are really screaming out for help. Um, and you know, it's just, we've, we've grown up in this, like go hard or go home society. Like mm-hmm. if you are not breaking a sweat, um, if you didn't work out like 60 minutes straight, like it wasn't enough. Like it, it wasn't count, a workout. Right? Yeah. And that's where this all or nothing, you know, mentality comes from. It's like, oh, if I can't, you know, if I can't get in that 60 minute hit, then why bother? Mm-hmm. Oh, so why I won't even go. <laughs> yeah. Just go for a 10 minute walk. That's all you got to do. Like that, even a 10 minute walk after dinner has so many benefits on your um, glucose levels that people, but we're stuck in this thinking of, oh, it's not even worth it because it's not enough. Yeah. So it's like, it if I enough. can't, if I can't make it to the gym, then I'm not even going to bother. Right. I'll just put on Netflix instead. Exactly. And then what happens when you watch Netflix? Then you usually binge on snacks. And yeah. Things. So it's like, we find ourselves swinging from one extreme to another. You're either eating perfectly and going to the gym every single day, or you're being a lazy bum on the couch eating Cheetos. <laughs> like there is <laughs> no, in no in between. Yeah. And so... There is a great area. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so a lot of what I'm hearing you say, because, and people are going to be like, oh, Jackie's talking about her stomach again. But, like, I've had stomach issues forever, right? So when you break down all these different things for, like, what certain food is good for and how it helps certain parts of your body, like, to me, like, I'm pretty careful about what I eat, but that's never... Well, I don't want to say never, you know, yeah, I got married too. So there was definitely that restrictive time where I was trying to lose weight and whatever. But like most of the time it was like, okay, I have to figure out what's not going to make me feel sick. You know what I mean? And just, I mean, there is, it is very evident that if I eat a bunch of donuts, I feel like crap. But if I eat chicken and veggies, I do not feel like crap. So I think what's really hard about that in our culture today is there is there's a lot of negative ideas around diet culture, which I think, okay, that's fair. Diet culture isn't great. So there's a lot of negative around that. However, I think that's gone so far to an extreme that it lumps any kind of talk about nutrition in with it. In you know with what diet I mean? culture. So it's like if you are watching what like in my instance, if I am watching what I eat and saying like I'm eating healthy, like I don't even want to say that because I'm worried that there's People gonna be backlash gonna, yeah. and like, well, you're body shaming. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Like I know for a, like it doesn't make me feel good. Not like I feel guilty, like bad about myself. Like, no, I have a stomach ache. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Megan, I guess my question to you is how do you like walk that fine line of being a nutritionist and putting all of this out there, but not like crossing over into diet culture or into body shaming or anything like that, which I know you don't do, but like, how do you keep that balance? That's a great question. But Jackie, first, I want to address something that you said too, about how you feel. Um, This is a tip I give to clients all the time because we are constantly being pressured by, you know, peer pressure, family pressure, people who 
eat differently than we are. And something that no one can ever argue with is how you feel. Like Mm -hmm. that's how you feel. And they can't, you know, maybe you wanted to like shoot them some science or, you know, some evidence of, oh no, you should eat this because like no one really cares about that um, because they're stuck in their ways. But when you say, I eat this because it makes me feel good, like no one can argue with that. So that's always a a, cl- a tip I give to clients specifically around the holidays where, you know, you always have like that uncle Larry that'll give you a jab of, Oh, you're, you're putting salad on your plate, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just like, yeah, I feel good when I eat this. So you can't really argue <laughs> with that. Um, but as far as diet culture goes, I mean, I see from my side of it, I see like two extremes. Um, I see, you know, what we all know is diet culture of, whatever it's, whether it's a strict restrictive plan, um, whether it's calories in calories out, whether it's count your macros, whatever, like it's this very black and white, like in a box, like I'm going to completely control my eating. Mm-hmm. Um, not really listening to my body whatsoever. I'm just going to like get these numbers off of Google and I'm going to stick to them no matter what. Cause I know that as long as I eat less and move more, I'm going to lose weight. Right. Like, is that mm-hmm. a fact? Yes. Is it going to change your body composition all the time? No. Um, but then on the complete opposite end of that extreme, you have this whole new movement. Maybe you've seen it um, of intuitive eating, which is a beautiful thing. Intuitive eating means you are really in tune, literally, with your body, and you can listen to your hunger cues. You can honor your cravings. Um, but for most people, we're just not to that point where we can do that um, in a healthy way. So for me, I take a very science, evidence-based approach of there's so much evidence out there that your diet will influence your risk for chronic disease. Like there is no getting around it. Look at... Yeah. I mean, it's the old phrase, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. You are like the protein that you eat literally breaks down into amino acids. Those amino acids are the building blocks of your cells. So um, quality matters. I... People will preach all the time, calories in, calories out. That's quantity. It is not qu- – is quantity important? Sure. Quality is what is most important. Mm-hmm. And that's something I feel like both camps miss out on. Um, as far as intuitive eating goes, you know, they're just like, listen to your body. But some of us, me, including <laughs> like four years ago, I was like, what does that freaking mean? Like right. my body says I want a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so I get to eat. Exactly. Three cookies because right. my body's and, just telling me. Yeah. So you, I mean, I see both being advertised on Instagram. You know, people are in both camps. I like to say I am literally in the middle right there. I am not extreme to where you're controlling, but I'm also not just saying, oh, eat whatever you want or eat whatever your body wants you to eat. Like, because mm-hmm. again, that's such a foreign language where I find it is so unhelpful. So helpful is right in the middle. And I call it informed eating. It's where you understand how food impacts you, how it's impacting your hunger, how it's impacting your energy and your cravings. So you can make informed decisions about your eating. You're not controlling your eating completely, but you're also not just like, you know, letting a donut pass by and being like, oh, I want a donut now. Yeah. It's it's knowing, okay, that donut is composed of primarily sugar and carbohydrates, okay? Mm -hmm. That sugar and carbohydrates is going to break down into what is called blood sugar. Your blood sugar then is going to go up. 
And your body is really good at regulating blood sugar. It wants your blood sugar to be within this ideal range of where we feel our best. If you want to get into the numbers, it's between about 70 and 110 milligrams per deciliter. And your body is, again, an amazing machine. It is always trying to maintain this homeostasis. So it will release a hormone called insulin um, to transport that sugar into your cells for energy. And, um, you know, if you're a very active person, you're going to use up that energy very quickly. Unfortunately, most people are very sedentary. So that energy is going into storage. And if you continue living a sedentary life, you're just going to keep storing, right? Mm -hmm. And what's most important, I don't even care about that. That's not even like the main takeaway. The main takeaway is that insulin plummeted your blood sugar. It's really good at doing its job. It just plummeted your blood sugar. When your blood sugar is low, you are hangry, you are cranky, you are tired, you are fatigued, you are brain fogged. And guess what? You're going to want another donut or another source of carbs or sugar to bring you back up and not the good kind of carbs. This is not vilifying carbohydrates. All vegetables are carbohydrates, but it's the fact that your body's so smart and it knows the fastest way to raise your blood sugar back up, again, trying to maintain homeostasis, is sugar. It just is a, it's just a truth. It's just a fact that sugar breaks down quickly and your body will crave it. And so people are so focused over here on calories and numbers and not understanding that what they're eating is putting them on this blood sugar roller coaster so they feel like crap all day long. Yeah. And they're, you know, they have these energy crashes or they're hungry every two hours. And yeah, because sugar's like the quick fix. Exactly. And you're here thinking, gosh, if I just had more self-control, if I just had willpower, and we're putting the blame on ourselves when it's not our fault. It's literally a biological survival mechanism built into our body that if we can just learn to embrace it and work with it instead of against it, we can get off of this roller coaster. We can stop focusing on the numbers but we can also make informed choices. So when we do decide to eat a donut, we can anticipate that feeling. And instead, we're going to make sure that we eat some protein, healthy fat, and fiber along with it because that's going to wrap that donut in a nice little a nice little present for it to break down really slowly <laughs> so you're not experiencing this huge spike and crash. So there's still a way to eat these foods that you love, but doing it in a way where you feel good and doing it in a way that supports metabolic health. So um, these major blood sugar fluctuations and this elevated, constantly elevated glucose and insulin is really a precursor to all these chronic diseases that we see, um, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, um, Alzheimer's is now being called type 3 diabetes. Really? It's diabetes of the brain. So I feel like everyone can connect to something. We all know people who experience the, any of those things. Um, and just knowing that you are in control, like, yes, genetics play a small role, but a very small role. A lot of it is this diet and lifestyle, and it can feel overwhelming for a person who is just hearing about blood sugar for the first time, right? Like I always thought it was just for diabetics, but it's like something that we can totally have control over. And it doesn't take you know, that's what people like me are here for to break it down for you. So you don't yeah. have to go get a nutrition degree to be able to do this. There is a way to do it in your everyday life. If you're a, a you know, a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, like we're all busy, right? We all need what we need is these realistic strategies that don't require us to meal prep for six hours on a Sunday and work out twice a day. Like we don't have time for that. No, <laughs> it needs to be kind of like more sustainable than that. And I do feel like a lot of diet like traditional diet or exercise like regimes like they are so like it's just they're not sustainable for someone who has a kid yeah you know 
Like you just like can't walk away for like three hours to go hit the gym and then come back and expect to have like, you know, hours in the kitchen to prepare your meals for the week. It's like I need to know what I can eat quickly. That's also going to be good for me. And it like your system is like that because you are teaching people like this is what's good for you. You know, this is how to get it on your plate quickly. Yes. Because for me, I'm not even a mom yet, but I still my meals are all if it's not under 10 minutes, it's not happening. Like, like it's just not happening. So, But just having that outline or having that plug and plate method is what I call it of, you know, you can open your fridge and hopefully be able to piece together one of these meals. And as a mom, it's going to give you that energy, that sustained energy and where you're not reaching for those goldfish every 10 minutes. Um, and, and even if you, but maybe you do, but then you can anticipate how you're going to feel. From yeah. That. And you know, you're not expecting yourself to work out for 45 minutes a day, but maybe you can at least commit to a 15 minute walk after lunch. Like that's, that's doable. That is realistic. So yeah. that's what I'm after here is like, literally I call it a realistic approach to health. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think that's totally on the nose there. And I also like you kept hitting on something that I totally connect to, which I kind of said earlier, but like, it's not even when, like, if I have the choice, we keep going back to a donut. I do love donuts. I think they're great. But like, if I have the choice of a donut or let's say eggs for breakfast, I really don't have time to feel like I do after I eat a donut with my son. Yeah. Like I don't, I I don't have time to feel that way. So honestly, like choices that I make now about what I eat is less of a, oh man, that donut's going to go right to my hips or right to my gut. It's like that donut makes me feel drunk. They do. Donuts make me feel drunk. Like I'm like, I can't, I can't handle that with my son. If I'm not going to have a glass of wine in the morning, I'm not going to have this donut in the morning because I got to watch my son. Well, yeah. And I think that that's kind of similar to me. It's like, I need something that's going to keep me full for a really long time because I don't, You know, I have so many things to do throughout the day. Like, I don't have time to go hit that snack drawer or think, even think, try to think about a fulfilling snack. I'm like, no, I need like protein and fat in the morning. I need another protein and fat at lunch because, like, I need this to keep me full all day. Cause I literally, between, you know, at, on the weekends, like, if I'm not, playing with my son i'm like cleaning our house which has been destroyed by him (laughs) so it's like my focus is yeah what can i eat that's gonna keep me full and also like i'm not gonna crash out on and start getting like the jitters because you're right you eat that donut in the morning you get you get those jitters because your blood sugar just tanks out on you. And I'll also say that I feel like I've been doing unknowingly this informed eating that you've been talking about for a while because of how I know certain foods make me feel. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely love pasta. I love pasta. I love chicken alfredo specifically. It makes me feel like shit. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot. I know, like, if I am, like, if it was a first date or something, that is not what I am getting to eat because <laughs> I am going to feel miserable and end up in the bathroom. So, but I mean, now, like every once in a while, well, now that I'm married, I'll be like, if we're going out on date night, I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I am going to have pasta and I'm going to love this pasta and I'm going to enjoy it. And I do. 
I just end up, you know, not feeling great and on the couch later. But like I, I'm mentally prepared for that. You right. know what I mean? And the feeling of guilt doesn't come after it. I think right. that's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, no, like I can have this, like I enjoy and I enjoy every second of it. It's just I know that it's not gonna make me feel wonderful afterwards. Again, not in the guilt aspect that I ate it, but just like I have a tummy ache now. Right. And then there is a way, Jackie, for you to like almost prepare your body for that pasta, like by, you know, increasing certain nutrients before that meal and then making sure that you commit to certain nutrients after the meal too, which is really exciting for someone like you don't have to give up your favorite food. Not, not using like yours isn't a great example because you know, it makes you feel like crap, but even (laughs) for some people, like they don't have the, that data almost right. Cause Mm -hmm. they're eating, you know, all sorts of crazy things. Like in, you know, if you're eating out a lot, you it's really hard to pinpoint the, the the actual ingredients that could be giving you trouble. Um, but there is a way to be able to still incorporate those things, but in a healthier way to where you can feel better. So, you know, you're not even going to crash out afterwards. No, I love that. And I also really liked how you touched on the fact that like there are, there are consequences to like, okay, the whole intuitive eating that you were saying, which I'm sure is great. And like, if you really know your body, like that's wonderful. And yeah, if you're craving a cookie every, like, yeah, have a cookie. Like I have cookies all the time, but just like, if that's all you do, like there, there are real health consequences to that, which I think is kind of what you're talking about with that spectrum that, you know, you've got the one end that is very restrictive and then the other end that's like, no, do whatever you want, like all the time. And it's like, okay, but if you go too far on either ends of that spectrum, it's not good. Like neither of those are healthy. Yeah, they feel like the extremes. Yeah. You know, like the super restrictive, like, yeah, you're probably going to get the results that you want faster. But also I don't feel like that is sustainable or, you know, then when you get off of that trend. Yeah. Then everyone you, is constantly swinging from one to the other. But then like then you start to eat those things and then you start to and that's not good for your health to swing like that. Absolutely. Not. And on the other end, it's yeah, like feel your body out and eat what you want to eat. But like my body wants to eat chocolate all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's also not healthy. It's well, trying to find that middle ground. Real chronic like illness. Yeah. Later in life. But and people so, don't see that right away because like you don't. like you point out, Megan, it's like we're so kind of like in the now quick fix that like when you go on a diet, you're not looking, you're not like, I want long term health benefits. Right. It's you're like, not thinking about how is this gonna impact me when I'm fifty years old. You're thinking about how is this gonna impact me when I'm going to the beach next month. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what that's what you're looking for. But your style is more of a It's not a diet. No, it's 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 just changing your kind of mindset. It is so much mindset work. On food. That's why I was saying earlier, you know, people come to me for weight loss and yes, they achieve it. They just get there in a very different route that they're expecting and they come out with a completely different mindset and a completely different and I like and I mean it is a positive relationship with food where we're not fearing food. We're not focused on numbers, we're focused on nutrients and you can feel really good about yourself because it's an act of self-care. It really is. It really is. It is. And I, I agree with that. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. And and the beautiful thing about that is, you know, yeah, the results might come a little bit slower, might take a little bit longer, but you're giving yourself this daily act of self-care three times a day. So you're not focused on the number on the scale. You're focused on how you're feeling and how good it feels to 
to fuel your body with these nutrients. Yeah. But I also feel like it's just long-term also, it's not just going to stop in a month. It's not going to stop in 90 days. It's, this is, I mean, even if you kind of break from it, it's still going to, you're going to have that information because you've been taught it. You're going to know how food works with your body and you're just going to make better informed choices throughout the course of your life, which is only going to help you later on. Right. And if you have the systems in place, it's going to work through every season of your life. Right. So, and I mean, there's no way we can maintain the diets that we had, you know, post-college when you had a little more time, you know, you were maybe meal prepping, but now you have kids. Okay. Well, that doesn't work anymore. So you need a system that's going to work through all of those seasons. Um, and I see it so often, you know, it's so common the Monday through Friday and the Saturday Sunday eating. And it, it, it if you think about that long-term through life as those as seasons of your life mm-hmm. of how can, you know, and when motivation isn't there, how can we... Find a system that works in every season of your life, whether you're working out or not. Yeah, um, where you don't have to be motivated. You're just informed. Exactly. It's that internal motivation because you know how it's affecting your body. And then like Jackie said, you can start collecting this data almost of of actually understanding how you feel from it. Um, And a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people don't realize how good that they can feel. Yeah. <laughs> we are, I mean, you get stuck. You get, you, you go, you're feeling the same way every single day. And, you know, and that and, becomes and your every, norm. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone feels like that. But just because everyone, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. So most yeah. people have no idea how good their body is designed to feel until they make the switch and start in- including more nutrients. And it, again, it has nothing to do with deprivation. It has nothing to do with what you're cutting out and it has everything to do with what you're adding in. I love that. I think that's awesome. Me too. Yeah. I really love that. So I guess that's a really good point to kind of go to our takeaways. So yeah. uh, Megan, do you want to give us your takeaway first? <laughs> Megan says no. So <laughs> I'll do it. Second. I'll Lydia, do it. Your takeaway? I think the biggest thing that people should take away from this conversation is all of that informed piece that you're talking about. You know, it's not calories in, calories out. It's not just letting your body tell you. It is you have the knowledge. You have been taught these things. You now know how these you know, these nutrients work for your body and you can use that information while making choices. We all have free will. You know, there are days that you're like, you know, you make, I guess, like all the best choices or you you make these choices because you want to feel better. And then maybe on a Friday night, your husband's like, hey, you want to go get ice cream? And you're like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) And for you right then, that is your best choice. And that's your best choice. But you know how these nutrients are going to interact with your body. You know what they're going to make you feel like. You know the science behind why so you can anticipate it get those other nutrients that you need into your body as well to help you know kind of counteract that but it's not about guilt it's not about move more you know eat less it's about here's the information and use it how you want to and i will tell you it is the most empowering feeling ever to understand your body like we have one to live in it is the most empowering thing ever to to finally know like how to treat it right and know how to do it like realistically. So I always joke, um, you know, there still is that teacher in me, but, and I loved my job as a music teacher, but it just didn't, I didn't feel like I was changing people's lives, right? So yeah. I always joke that I went from teaching kids how to play hot cross buns on the <laughs> to now teaching women like how to 
eat their cinnamon buns, but do it without feeling like crap, you know, or doing it without yeah. guilt or also, you know, how to not crave them in the first place. Yeah. So that way they're not fighting that craving. They're that when, when they, when a cinnamon comes in front of them, they're choosing to eat it. It's not this. It's not like I have to, I have to have yeah. it. And then you eat like four and then exactly. you're like, whoa, they are that's making, not great. <laughs> they are making the conscious choice. It's it literally that information. It gives you almost that script to run through your head. It's like that buffer zone. It's literally like that, that gray area that it's giving you <laughs> to be able to make the choice mm-hmm. of to run that script through your head of, okay, here's how I'm going to feel. Here's what I can do before I eat it to make sure I feel my best. Here's what I can do after it. Um, and there's there's all these strategies that I teach my clients. That's exactly what I do is is give them all these tools to be able to do those things so, they, so that way they can enjoy it or they can confidently choose a better alternative. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it being 2021. There are so many amazing tasty alternatives out there now too mm-hmm. that you can still satisfy that craving in a healthier way because again you just want to avoid getting to the point where it's you know where we're throwing in the towel and we're eating what a you just, roll yeah. every single day where because there are like jackie said there are health consequences to that so just yeah. knowing it um and it gives you that internal motivation where you're not relying on physical results you're not relying on an upcoming event because again it will not always be there yeah <laughs> So, Megan, would you say that's your takeaway? I will count that as my <laughs> So, Jackie, what's yours? So, I guess my big takeaway, I really liked how we touched on this whole idea that there's this, like, I don't know, spectrum, I guess you could call it. And we talked about the really restrictive side and the really, like, do-whatever-you-want side and how both really aren't, like, neither are healthy, and just kind of putting that into perspective and how there are real health consequences on both sides. Because, I mean, Libby, you mentioned at one point, like, the restrictive side and stuff. Like, yeah, you might get to where you want, but, like, not in a healthy way. Yeah, not in a healthy way. You know, way. like, it's not act- – like, yeah, you might – quote unquote look how you want but like you feel like crap yeah it's not gonna last yeah you feel even worse that it didn't last yeah you're like always hungry yeah and you have those who get i mean that honestly that whole side of the spectrum is what like spirals into disordered eating and body image you know what i mean and so it's like that's not healthy obviously but then the whole other side is if you're only eating sweets and pizza and everything like that, that also has real health consequences as well. So I think just thinking about it in that way and realizing like falling kind of in the middle, um, in the gray, (laughs) within within the the gray, gray. (laughs) it's like where, where you, where we really thrive, you know, like kind of like Megan said, like some people really don't realize like how good you can feel. Yeah. Like I, I just think that that's what really stuck out to me about this whole conversation. So, well, before we completely wrap it up, Megan, do you want to tell us where our listeners can find you? Sure. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram at well with Megan, Megan with an H. Thanks mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my website is well with I've got, um, some free resources there that you can download. Um, just some tools to get you started. Um, let's see, I do, one-on-one coaching for sure. And then I also have a group coaching option too for people who are looking to just, you know, dive in, get the foundation, get a little bit of accountability to start this. Um, Jackie was actually a part of my first group that I launched last year um, called Four (laughs) Weeks to Wellness. So I just um, relaunched that a few times a year just to get people, um, you know, access to, to health coaching at a, you know, it is an investment whenever you know, people come to me, they're, they're literally investing in, in their future and in 
the future of generations of their family because these all of these um, you know, your relationship food, your mindset around food is passed down for generations. So it it's is. really important. Um, it's a, wor- a, a worthy investment for sure. I will always stand by that. And uh, yeah, this has been super fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out with us today. This has been awesome. Well, thank all of you for joining us today for our episode. Until next week, remember to be kind to yourself, have grace with others, and embrace the gray. Bye.